1: On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Willie Donick, the Nashville Predators television play-by-play broadcaster on Bally Sports locally here in the Music City. He's also an alum of Vanderbilt University, playing on the baseball and basketball teams back in the day. We dive into the Commodores last week in Hoover after getting eliminated by Ole Miss on Friday. But more importantly, we look ahead to this weekend. The Nashville Regional is where all the eyes are here in Nashville, Presbyterian, and Vanderbilt. First pitch, Friday night at 6 o'clock at the Hawk. It's time to pack it once more this weekend. We've got Willie Donnick coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride.
2: You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down
1: welcome back into the door report it is episode 87 it is a monday night here in nashville may 31st 2021 and we are always powered by alaco Wood floors unfortunately i'm not joined by my typical co-host will byram happy memorial day I uh, hope all of you uh, had a good time these past few days celebrating uh, all the fallen heroes um, here in the past. And, and obviously it's a special day for everyone here in the United States. But it's also a special time of year for college baseball fans. And, and it's just starting to heat up. It, there was a lot of heat, a lot of action this past weekend in the SEC tournament. We will recap the Vandy boys in Hoover and their loss to Ole Miss uh, after the elimination they had. Uh, a chance to reset and rest this weekend after uh, their elimination. And the Commodores will be ready. They will uh, get set to face Presbyterian on Friday night, 6 o'clock first first pitch. Central time here in Nashville at the Hawk, and then they will play the winner if they beat Presbyterian. Hold on, to beat the Blue Hose. they will play the winner of Georgia Tech and Indiana State. Indiana State, a familiar foe uh, for the Vandy Boys, especially at the Hawk here in the past several uh, regionals. So should be fun this weekend. We will preview the regional, and we'll also dive a little bit deeper into this Vandy Boys team with Willie Donick, the Vanderbilt alum, played both baseball and basketball on West End. He's also the play-by-play broadcaster for the Nashville Predators on Valley Sports TV. We'll talk all things Vandy Boys with Willie. But before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes.
2: It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter, living in Westmead, The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at recyclingdues.com. All
1: right, here we go. Uh, of course, no Will Byram. I'd love to have him here in segment one, but it's there's a lot to talk about. It was, uh, it was a fun uh, past few days in Hoover uh, for the Vandy boys. They had a walk-off win on Wednesday night uh, to defeat Ole Miss, and then they moved on to lose to Arkansas and then lose again to Ole Miss, so a couple of back-to-back losses for the Commodores. But they have a chance to refresh themselves, and uh, – Start a new season this weekend, of course, the regionals uh, beginning on Friday night with Vanderbilt and Presbyterian, 6 o'clock first pitch central time there at the Hawk. But it's time to recap a little bit of what the Commodores were able to get done in the SEC tournament and some of their um, shortcomings. Obviously, it all started Wednesday night. Uh, It was a fun night, of course, in Hoover for the Commodores. It was a late night. Uh, They Ended up walking it off past midnight, courtesy of Dom Keegan's single to score Javier Vaz. Uh, the, uh, that was actually Enrique Bradfield that scored rather, but Javier Vaz did play a big part, uh, this week in Hoover, but the star of the game, in my opinion, and a lot of, uh, people that watch college baseball is Christian little, the 17 year old pitched a hell of a game Wednesday night. I would expect him to be the game three starter going forward. I think he showed enough uh, against a really good Ole Miss team, a really good offense. They got a number, they got a top 16 overall seed. They will be hosting a regional and little shut them down five innings of work. Five and a third, three hits, one run, one walk, and seven strikeouts for the young kid. He really showed out this is his best performance of the season, no doubt. And, and Willie Doneg actually uh, dove into it. That was the one game he got to watch all the way through in Hoover before the Preds played on Thursday night. Uh but it was it was a fun it was a fun night Wednesday, but the Commodores uh ended up advancing and and because of their four seed, uh, they were in the Arkansas side of the bracket, which obviously was not fun, and we knew that going in. Uh, so they faced off against the Hogs on Thursday night in front of a, a great crowd. Tremendous atmosphere really all week in Hoover. But the Hog fans showed up, and uh, Vanderbilt w- was able to, to compete all the way. They fought they fought from the beginning to end against Arkansas, but the Hogs' offense was a little too much, and, and they called the cops. They, they brought Kevin in, the wiffle ball thrower, as they like to say, and he just dealt uh, the bottom of that Vanderbilt lineup, and a lot of the younger guys he even struck out Enrique Bradfield Jr., his first batter. And Enrique was was up in the count two zero, but cops threw three straight strikes and ended up uh, that started the night for him. Kumar Rocker did struggle a little bit though, and, and Willie actually mentioned this later in the podcast as well. Whenever Rocker struggles, it, it seems like we're looking at it and say, well, how is this happening? This guy, this guy can't struggle, but he pitched three and a third innings, four hits, five runs, which were all. Uh, huge runs against Arkansas, and Arkansas is just tremendous. They're the number one team in the nation for a reason. He did give up four walks, which hurt him as well at times. Six strikeouts, though, so it wasn't his worst performance. But uh, he's definitely pitched better. So he he uh, he will obviously be ready uh, for the re- for the regional this weekend. And obviously, if they advance to a super, Rocker is going to be dialed in. And he did he looked dialed in at the beginning of that Arkansas game, but their offense was too much. Vanderbilt ended up losing six to four on Thursday night. And that pushed them into the losers bracket against Ole Miss, a rematch, and the Rebs were ready. They were hotty in all night. Jack Leiter was on the bump Friday afternoon in the matinee, the rematch against the Rebels, but Vanderbilt just had no offense. They didn't have really anything uh, to show for in that one against the Rebels. They lost four to one, and that sent the Commodores packing, sent them back to Nashville for the weekend. Leiter, six and two thirds innings, three hits, three runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts. So, Lighter was right up there with Christian Little with his performance. He pitched really well, but that's that's what happens sometimes in baseball. You don't have enough offense. And here's, here's an offensive stat for you. Besides Enrique Bradfield and Isaiah Thomas at the top of that lineup, the rest of the Vandy boys went a combined two for 27. That's not a recipe for success, and that's not going to win you a whole lot of games, especially in the SEC uh, with that kind of offensive output. No, no matter who's pitching, you could have – uh, Nolan Ryan up there pitching. You're not going to win many games scoring one run and, and going two for 27 there at the bottom of the lineup. So, Commodores, they got to figure out how to, uh, you know, find, get something going, find a niche, find some guy to step up. And they really did miss Carter Young. Uh, we'll give you guys an update on him a little bit later. Uh, but here's another stat, another offensive stat for the Commodores that night, uh, that day rather, against Ole Miss. They had six hits while the Rebels only had four. So, the Commodores, like they have all season, they have more hits than the other team. But the walks, that, that really shows you, and it tells you that this pitching staff struggles with walks. They struggle with control, and they they just kind of gift wrap these these base runners to other teams. And, and these SC teams, SEC teams are going to take advantage of it, and, and so will other teams down the road. So that's something to watch for. Um, you know, this team also offensively struggles to hit off speed pitches and curve balls. So uh, that's another thing to watch as we head into the post season, how Vanderbilt progresses offensively, but also defensively in pitching because this team is, is young all across the board. And we're going to have to see if these veteran guys like Kumar Rocker and even Isaiah Thomas, who saw a little bit of time in 2019 uh, on, uh, on the national championship team is able to, to carry this group, how far, uh, can their experience in pitching take them? Because that's going to be the big question here in this postseason. Vanderbilt, another stat full of stats here uh, tonight in this one. But Vanderbilt is 8-8 eight and eight in their last 16 games. So they're not necessarily hot right now. But uh, as we talked about and, and will continue to preach, it's a new season. It's a brand new year. And the Commodores will get set for the Nashville Regional this weekend. It gets started at uh, 2 p.m. Central Time with Georgia Tech and Indiana State. And then you roll into the nightcap with Vanderbilt and Presbyterian. Six o'clock Central Time first pitch there. Obviously, the Commodore's got the number four overall seed in this year's NCAA tournament. Georgia Tech, Indiana State, and Presbyterian all roll into Nashville for the regional this weekend. Take a listen to this, though. This is something to be proud of, especially if you're if you're Coach Corbin and and kind of the trajectory of the program. The Doors are hosting a regional for the eighth time in program history, and they're appearing in their 15th straight NCAA tournament. That's the best in the SEC, second best in the country, and it's just ridiculous to to look at the continuity and consistency. That's something Corbin preaches about all the time. And the Nashville Regional, as you look at the bracket, is paired with the Greenville Regional. So whoever comes out of Greenville, hosted by East Carolina, will end up traveling over to Nashville if everything plays out. If Vanderbilt advances and the one seed in Greenville, East Carolina advance, uh, that super will be hosted by Vanderbilt in Nashville. But again, we don't want to look too far ahead as obviously Coach Corbin never likes to. He never likes to talk about some of the games ahead, but that's that's what it looks like. That's what the bracket looks like. And that that will be a fun super if if uh, the cards hold true. Speaking of the atmosphere, obviously we're, we're all excited to get back to the Hawk this weekend. It's going to be a fun uh, fun, fun regional as it always is, but there are some activities planned uh, throughout the day uh, for your pregame festivities. The Fan Fest activities will roll on for the regional games. They're planned right outside Hawkins Field on Jess Neely Drive. Uh, a game ticket is not required to participate in this Fan Fest, and uh, the doors will also have a parking garage. Uh, well, this is not the doors. This is the Door Report. TDR is is looking forward to a big parking garage. Pre-game party planned for Friday night as Georgia Tech and Indiana State are playing Uh, for those interested. More details will be coming later in the week, but stay tuned for that. Keep your eyes peeled for a little parking lot party, parking garage party there up in the parking garage in right field. We'll keep you guys updated on that throughout the week. Here's the regional schedule as we roll in. Again, game one, Indiana State, Georgia Tech, noon on ESPN3. Uh, I said two o'clock earlier. It's actually at noon. Uh, and then number 1 seed Vanderbilt and 4 seed Presbyterian will go to battle at 6 o'clock Friday night on the SEC Network. Meanwhile, on Saturday, as you roll in, loser of Game 1 and the loser of Game 2 will play at noon on Saturday, and the winner of Game 1 and the winner of Game 2 will play at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, the winner of Game 3 and the loser of Game 4 will play at 2 p.m., And then the winner of Game 4 and the winner of Game 5 will play at 8 o'clock on Sunday. And then on Monday night, if it's necessary, uh, the winner of Game 4 and the winner of Game 5 will play each other, uh, if that were the case, on Monday night at 6 o'clock. And you usually do see uh, a majority of the regionals going to a Monday night game just because of how competitive they are. And, and, you know, looking at this regional, I wouldn't say it's a cakewalk, but Vanderbilt definitely got a manageable regional with Presbyterian – Oh, I, I'm going to say it a week four seed. They're 22 and 21, just above 500. But the two seed they got paired with Indiana State's a solid group, uh, and Georgia Tech is is no slouch either. So uh, also you got a couple of familiar faces on that Yellow Jackets team with John Henry Malloy having a hell of a year uh, there in down in Atlanta, and then you also got Chance Huff, uh, one of the pitcher, one of their uh, big time arms uh, coming in, coming back to Nashville at the Hawks. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Of course, Vanderbilt-Presbyterian, 6 o'clock, first pitch there at the Hawk on SEC Network. All the other games will be um, on ESPN Plus there throughout the weekend. It's going to be fun. And for Vanderbilt, I mean, looking at this regional, I talked about it. This is a lot more manageable than than some of the other uh, regionals across the country. We talked about it with Willie, but, boy, the, the team out of East Tennessee got stuck with a tough draw. All three of those teams have had huge years in 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 their regional. You got Duke, the two seed, who just won the ACC tournament title. Uh, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Uh, so Tennessee's going to have to deal with the Blue Devils. You also got Liberty, who dominated, um, you know, their conference, and then you also got easily the best four seed, Wright State. And last year, Wright State was the team that beat Tennessee twice before COVID struck college baseball. So boy, it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these uh, regionals end up playing out and Arkansas obviously is is the team to watch the number one overall seed 46 and 10 on the year. And and they, I'm not saying they're unbeatable, but, but boy, do they seem a lot like a machine right now? They have rolled through the sec and they will face NJIT, New Jersey Institute of technology. And then they'll play the winner of Nebraska and Northeastern if they were to advance. But looking around the Gainesville regional, Florida is paired with Miami, South Alabama and South Florida. Tennessee, I talked about them. Duke, Liberty, and Wright State are with them. Oxford, Ole Miss has a tough draw as well with Southern Miss, Florida State, and Southeast Missouri State with them. But there's going to be a lot of fun fun regions around the country. Starkville, Mississippi State has a a manageable draw with VCU, Campbell, and Samford. Uh, But, boy, this is – I mean, we've talked about it leading up. It's one of the more – Fun times of the year for college baseball fans across the country, and, and uh, we'll have some some good guests lined up here throughout the next couple of weeks. Ben Mintz from Barstool uh, is, will be uh, set to join us hopefully next week, but we're going to have a big, big guest uh, coming up later in the week before the regional on Friday night, the beginning of that Vanderbilt and Presbyterian 6 o'clock first pitch on the SEC Network, but we're not quite done with episode 87 of the Door Report. We got Willie Donick. Coming up, we talk all things Commodores. Uh, We take a look at the SEC tournament and and Vanderbilt's loss to Ole Miss, and and Thursday night their loss against Arkansas. But we also ask Willie if he thinks we might see Carter Young this weekend. That would be huge for the Commodores to get their shortstop back. We'll see what happens. we got Willie Donick coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Before we get to the interview with Willie Donick for the Door Report today, it's now time to send it over to our buddy Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors.
2: No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on.
1: Welcome back into The Door Report. I'm Billy Derrick and the special guest is here. His name is Willie Donick. He is the play-by-play broadcaster for the hometown hockey team, the Nashville Predators on Valley Sports. He's also the co-host of Darren Donick Chase weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on ESPN Radio 1025, the game here in Nashville. And obviously, it's a report. He's a Vanderbilt alum, a former Vanderbilt basketball and baseball player, also spent time in the minors with the Tampa Bay Blue Jays. Uh, Willie, thanks for coming on. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again.
1: No doubt. And, and I got to ask first, obviously SEC tournament Hoover is a big, uh, big weekend for all college baseball fans. It's on Memorial Day weekend, obviously tough timing for maybe some of the fans that want to get down there, but, but how much of that were you able to watch this weekend?
0: Well, uh, as you know, I, with the Predators in the playoffs, they had quite a series going on there. It was pretty grueling <laughs> with the four straight overtime games, a lot of drama, but I did, uh, I did catch their, uh, dramatic win that they had over Ole Miss, the late night game. That was a good. Uh, that was a good start to the tournament. Unfortunately, uh, they they couldn't build on that, and the other two games unfortunately fell exactly on times that I was uh, broadcasting games, so I didn't see a whole lot of those two. But right, um, you know, very very tough competition. That's the thing about the SEC tournament is, you know, you can go down there, and if you're not lights out. You're you're facing great teams every night. It doesn't always go your way. And, you know, I I don't know that there's always a correlation between playing great in that tournament and then turning around and playing great in the national tournament. If you could choose one, you know what you would want to excel in. But I know Tim Corbin usually takes a lot of pride in playing well down in, in Hoover, and it didn't happen this year.
1: Right. And and this year, you've heard a lot about, you know, people, you know, maybe some teams not taking it as um, as strongly as, as they may want to. But, you know, it's the SEC. Everybody wants to do well in, in that tournament, as you mentioned. And I want to dive into the SEC a little bit. We will touch on uh, the league as a whole a little bit later. But it, this year seems a little bit different. Tennessee's a lot better. Uh, you know, Mississippi State's up there as well. But. Uh, in terms of of the depth top to bottom have, have you seen a, a better year than this one I think Tennessee being being a lot better this year it helps uh, but um, what have you seen for the league this year in terms of just their depth because you know the amount of teams in the tournament is kind of ridiculous
0: it is it, it is uh, it's always the the, the best league uh, I I'm biased of course and uh, some leagues are deeper I mean some some years they're deeper than others mm-hmm. but I think you're right on I, I think this has got to be right up there. Now I've seen like when I was a freshman at Vanderbilt in 1990, there were three teams out of eight that went to uh, Omaha and, and Georgia mm-hmm. won the whole thing. And then LSU came back and the next year and won the whole thing the following year. So it's certainly not unusual to have stacked yeah. teams at the top of the, uh, at the nation every year. It just, you just pick a year at random. You're usually going to find, you know, the, the SEC with at least two, three, four deep and true candidates that could win, the whole thing, but it might be even a little deeper uh, this yeah. year. Where you look at uh, Mississippi State, uh, a team that was bounced two straight games in in Hoover. Run ruled, yeah, <laughs> yeah, run ruled, and they're you know they're they're in there as a national seed. So I, I think the committee spoke pretty vol- you know pretty highly you just see where they picked those SEC teams. You, that tells you all you need to know.
1: Right, and there was some conversation with uh, some of the other teams outside the top eight overall that that potentially could have gotten in. Uh, But Mississippi State and the SEC being able to play teams in conference obviously helped them this year. We'll touch on uh, the SEC a little bit later. But I want to go back to Wednesday night, Uh, 17-year-old Christian Little uh, showed out, and, and uh, from my point of view, he showed enough to, to the coaching staff and and especially Coach Corbin to pencil him in as the Game Three starter uh, throughout the postseason. Who knows what Coach Corbin will do? Uh, you've seen kind of a. Um, you know, a variety of guys in that game three spot, but um, you know, they're going to have to, th- they're going to have to use three starting pitchers uh, in the regional. So Willie, my question for you is, do you think, um, you know, Corr saw enough from him to to pencil him in, or do you think he'll, he might still, you know, continue the rotation of guys and, and see who, who steps up?
0: Yeah, I think it's a very, very good question, because I, I think if you take a look at, you know, the Vanderbilt pitching staff, that is one concern, I think relative to maybe some past teams that they've had where, mm-hmm you know, you knew who the first three were going to be. You probably knew exactly who the number four was going to be. right? And then you probably had three or four guys deep in the bullpen you, you felt really good about because this year they had uh, some, you know, issues really from the start of nobody really jumped up and grabbed the third, uh, third slot as a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually have been a little thin at the top of the bullpen. You know, if you go past Nick Maldonado and, uh, and Luke Murphy, I think, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys who you're, you're dead set, you know are gonna what you're, what they're going to give you out of the pen. You've got some talent there, and I think in time, those guys are going to be great pitchers. But, yeah. you know, being able to do it in the big games against the best teams, you know, it takes a lot more than just going out there and throwing 93, 94 miles an hour, which they all do. You know, they all have incredibly <laughs> impressive stuff. And, and that brings us to, to Christian Little. You know, you mentioned him. I was fortunate enough to – I got the chance to be a guest – uh, commentator for his first co- college start against Western Kentucky wow. and you could see it right away you know he's he's an incredible talent right he's but he's a special case being so young and uh, you know I think if you look week in and week out you know they kind of slotted him as that midday starter which is a very important job mm-hmm. and you know he had some really nice weeks and he had some weeks where he looked good for a couple three innings and then maybe have a bad inning here or there but it is so impressive you know, to think about when, you know, at his age, he hasn't even turned 18 yet. And that performance on Wednesday against Ole Miss was incredibly, incredibly impressive. And, you know, if he can channel that, right, and if he can take Mm -hmm. that into his next start, whenever that is, whether it's maybe a game three or a game four, then he's going to be outstanding. But that's the thing. We know where he's going to be down the road, Right. right? The question is for this particular team is, can he do it right now? And, uh, and I think they feel like he's laid the groundwork to be able to do that. But uh, that'll be really compelling to see when he takes them out, whenever it is.
1: Right. And, and the, uh, the more important series, I guess, cause if Vanderbilt wins two in the super, they're done. Right. So, um, you know, they could, we could just see rocker and lighter, but the regional will be important uh, obviously just to get to that super. Um, And it's not an easy regional, which we will touch on. I want to go back to Kumar rocker though. He pitched Thursday night. Uh, You mentioned the president playing that night tickets didn't get to see a ton of it, Uh, but he he really struggled a a little bit. Um, You know, not one of his better nights uh, and it was only three innings against Arkansas and, and, arkansas is is one of the better teams here I think in this decade in SEC baseball um do you think that was more of just kind of proving how deep this Arkansas lineup is and just how good they are and Kumar kind of kind of had to wake up a little bit and maybe it might you know end up being good for him who knows
0: yeah you know it's he's so good and the bar is so high that when he struggles it's a story right and you're kind of <laughs> like well what's wrong like what what no no eight innings of shutout ball you know oh, what you can't
1: no, you can't no, struggle what's going Kumar going on?
0: You know, but uh, it it is, like you said, your face, when he goes out there and he's throwing that first game every weekend, he's going up against the other team's best players. He's, everybody is jacked up to try to beat him. Mm -hmm. He gets everybody's best effort and you know, Arkansas, even though, you know, they knew they were going to be the one seed, the two seed, whatever it was going to be, whether they won that game or not. But I guarantee you they were, they were, when they knew he was pitching, yeah. They wanted to take their best shot at him. So I think that is is only going to serve tomorrow well down the road. But um, I think he's certainly ha- – he's had a really, really good year. Like he's mm-hmm. had a couple of hiccups, but you look at the start he had in Knoxville, the start he had against Mississippi State. He has played – he has pitched against the best, best teams in the country. And so I, I think he'll be ready to go. I mean, he's, he's battle-tested. He's a leader uh I I am not concerned about him at all
1: yeah and I you know obviously with him being familiar with a lot of these teams and you got to believe he's going to be bringing his best stuff and and even to begin against Arkansas he 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 looked like he was dialed in but um obviously Arkansas one of the one of the better uh hitting teams of the country and and that's why they're the number one seed I want to stick with Arkansas um as a Vanderbilt fan you got to wonder how do you beat Arkansas what do you do because once they once they bring Kevin Cops in, uh, the wiffle ball thrower, it's it seems like it's it's all over. Uh, I mean that guy's ridiculous. So uh, Vanderbilt's not far behind though, and, and I'm sure you saw that uh, in the Arkansas game. But what do you think Vanderbilt has to do? What do they have to change? Uh, is it small ball? Uh, is it you know maybe getting to getting to Arkansas's uh, bullpen earlier? Uh, what what do you think Vanderbilt might might have to do to beat Arkansas, especially if they see him in Omaha, which it, which is pretty likely.
0: Yeah. Well, I think number one, I think you have to try to not let yourself get too far ahead and, and not make it about Arkansas right now. But mm-hmm. I, I think your point is well taken. I mean, Arkansas looks like, you know, you remember that Vanderbilt team a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you, you look around the roster and you're like, I don't see a lot of weaknesses there. Right. Yeah. You had a very experienced team. You had a deep lineup. You had a deep pitching staff. There weren't a lot of areas where you say, well, this is where you can beat Vanderbilt. I, I think Arkansas has got a little bit of that right there. Sometimes you know the top programs who are good every year. It falls into place where you have that great blend of everything, that depth that you're looking for, the experience you're looking for. So this might be that team, but you got to get to Omaha first. They have to get to Omaha. I mean, there's been some great teams uh, that have fallen short of ever getting there. So that's the that's the thing you go by. And and I think for Vanderbilt, this is a this is such a different team, right? Not a whole lot of these guys. When you mm-hmm. get past Rocker, we uh, were a big part of the team two years ago. So this is going to be a, a little bit of a new experience for, for some of them. But um, I guess my answer would be cross that bridge when you come to it uh, for yeah. Arkansas. But I do think that they're they're the bar right now, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're the bar that everybody's looking at. But remember, a couple years ago, UCLA was the number one overall seed, didn't get to Omaha. Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. way back when, remember in uh, in two thousand and seven, I think it was, right. yeah, uh, David number Price. one overall seed. And that infamous Michigan series, which we were all thrilled, the first time Vanderbilt had ever been a part of that kind of thing, you know, hosting Uh a regional and having everything. And it just didn't go well for, for, for whatever reason that weekend.
1: Yeah, that, that's baseball. It happens. And you're sounding like Coach Korbs there. Uh, I think he'd say the same thing, um, you know, across that bridge to get there. But I, I want to ask you about this regional. Um, you know, you've seen the pairings. you got Presbyterian, which is an incredible story. Uh, you got to believe the committee w- was keeping an eye on that with Korbs, with uh, you know, kind of being the, his stomping grounds there up at Presbyterian. They'll make the trip down in Nashville and the Commodores will play the winner of Georgia tech and Indiana state. If they, if they beat Presbyterian, but how about that? Willie, how about the story of, of uh, Corb's kind of reuniting with the first program he's he ever coached. And, and uh, it's probably coming full circle uh, for him a little bit, huh?
0: Well, B- Billy, you know that, uh, you know, I spent so much time with George plaster on the radio show and that was something he'd love to do every year when the bracket came out for basketball. It was, he would look at those fun stories. Yeah. He would always say, the committee had to have set that up, right? <laughs> you no, know, for storylines that they, they had to just for the drama purposes. And the committee would always say, "Oh no, we never do anything like it that." It
1: couldn't have been random. He never no. believed
0: it. Believe it, but that'll be fun. And um, you know, one of, one of the things I was looking at is, you know, first of all, Indiana State has got a pretty good history. They played a lot of games at uh-huh. Vanderbilt over the years, so yep. they are used to coming in there. Um, and I remember a couple years ago uh, in that. Opening regional, they you know they had some good games yep. against Vanderbilt. One of them, remember they made the comeback very yeah. late in the game, yeah, and a big commanding Vanderbilt lead was shrinking fast, and they barely got out of there. Right, so you know this is a good program. And, and the other thing that Tim Corbin has been saying, and I have not looked at their roster up and down, but a lot of those programs who got sort of a a buy last year, right, didn't play. A lot of guys came back, so the, uh-huh. they have a lot of. 22, 23, sometimes 24-year-old players at places like that, and Vanderbilt does not. Right? Vanderbilt is one of the youngest teams mm-hmm. when you look, just because they lost so many guys from 2019. They had a bunch of guys more, more so than most. Last year they got drafted, even though it was an abbreviated year. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a young team, and you know, the Indiana State's you got to watch. I'll bet you we're going to see some stories of teams like that who are a little older uh-huh. that just. catch lightning in a bottle. They're experienced. They're not going to make any mistakes. And uh, they could have some good weekends. So I I think you can't be fooled by – and, like, the other team things that jumps out, like Georgia Tech. Yeah. 29 and 23, you're saying, well, that's not a real powerful Georgia Tech. I've seen some Georgia Tech teams win 40, 41 games. But remember, the ACC played a lot more league games. Right. Right. So that's going to affect how the record looks there. So I think it's a good draw. You know, there, there's not a team where you're saying, whoa, how did that team end up coming to Nashville? But yeah. I think it would be a challenge, just for right. all the reasons we're saying.
1: Yeah, Willie, I think it does speak to looking at this regional, kind of the respect factor that uh, not only the committee um, has for Vanderbilt. And, and you know, there's not been a lot of teams that beat them in a regional in, in Nashville. And I think the committee took that into uh, into play. And for Vanderbilt, I mean, it's really insane. You talked about how young they are. The fact that they're still a top five team speaks a lot about Corbin and the program and, and where they are right now. But, uh, yeah, you talked about Georgia Tech and, and, and even, you know, Presbyterian. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're, the, all these teams are going to be ready to play um, in that regional. But, Willie, I think a key to this will be the health. Uh, of Vanderbilt and and, and who knows uh, how healthy these other teams are, but Vanderbilt is, is, they're hurting. Uh, Carter Young, I think his injury coming into play uh, in Hoover definitely played a role uh, in, in their lack of offense, especially uh, against Ole Miss there. Um, Willie just the kind of throwing it out there. Do you think we're going to see him back Um, and maybe to what extent uh, do you think we might just kind of determining the, the past of of what how corpse has dealt with these types of injuries?
0: It's a, it's an extremely important question, as as we know, Carter Young. He's such a special player, and uh, you know, the thing I think about was you know with the injury he has with the shoulder, he's a switch hitter, right? So mm-hmm. somewhere in here, you know, he's going to be affected. Now, hopefully, he he has gotten great treatment, and it's getting stronger, and we don't really know the degree of it. I, I think all we're yeah. sort of going on was Tim Corbin's dugout interview where he said he really wants to play he's been knocking on my door saying I want in they're trying to be careful right and and I think it told you last week you know, the SEC tournament that, that's not the time to put a guy in there now you know playing now th- this this week could be a little bit different right uh now I don't know about the first game you know maybe because they, they have depth right we know they have depth but Carter Young uh Carter is such a difference making player so, I mean, all that to say, I don't know. Like, they, they've been pretty close to the vest on a lot of these uh-huh. injuries uh, this year. Um, so, without really knowing the extent, I, I think we just know that they're not going to put him out there if he can't help them. They do have – they don't have anybody that is as good as him, as good as him all around, defensively yeah. and offensively combined. But they do have some options to where they can still put a pretty good lineup out there if they don't have him for a day or two. So – I think that'll be something that they'll probably take as much time as they can before they really decide that. Now maybe when there's media availability, we might get a chance to see at Mm -hmm. practice if he's looking good, they'll have some days here to take a look at him and evaluate him. Maybe some, some scrimmages. I don't know how they'll prepare, but I would think, you know, not having played since, uh, you know, Friday. Yeah. You've got, you've now got a whole week, you know, you're probably going to have some game like situations. So if there is, you know, a little bit of an opportunity to get Carter out there to see how he's feeling. You might have it. You might have that opportunity.
1: Yeah, the fans want him to play. Carter wants to play. We know Corbs wants him to play, uh, but it's up to the trainer uh, right now to to give us give us a go. And uh, obviously Vanderbilt was missing that. They were missing his power uh, and just kind of that guy that you, you know you thought, okay, he can go yard here um, at any moment. Willie, obviously mean, Vanderbilt's paired with East Carolina, uh, and, and so that's the the one seed that they could see in the supers. Uh, East Carolina is really good. They finished 41 and 15 overall, 20 and eight in in the American Athletic Conference. They lost in the semis of the AAC tournament to UCF, but they've beaten some good teams. They beat Duke twice uh, earlier this season, uh, and they're the two seed in the Knoxville Regional. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? A potential super uh, between East Carolina, uh, a a manageable, uh, obviously team for Vanderbilt, but definitely uh, they, they're Vanderbilt it has shown they are beatable. Uh, so what, what do you, what are you seeing there maybe, uh, between a, a potential super between East Carolina and Vandy?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I haven't seen them play, but uh, I looked at the scores like you did. I, I, you know, they, it's not a powerful league. It's not a top, it's not a power five league. So there's going to be mm-hmm. a stigma. And I do think the committee in, in the years past, I've seen, if you put together a great year. And you start getting on the map. I think, and they would fall into this category, right? That's that's not a bad league. Like a lot of years, you got the Houston, you got the UCFs. They have some sneaky good Mm -hmm. talent there, right? So you can't sometimes you can't be fooled by well, it's not a power five league. But um, again, like I think most, you can't fall into the trap. Like when you see that name, you're saying, oh, okay, it's not you know, the winner of the Ole Miss regional or somebody else that might be a little scarier with right. their name. That's, that's where you start thinking back through the coastal Carolinas mm-hmm. of, of the past years and Fresno States, you know, teams like that, that, you know, Lafayette, you know, there, there's some yeah. teams that make runs where they don't have that sexy name, but they're awfully, awfully good, especially with the factor we're talking about now is you got some guys who they, they've got, log, they got loaded rosters you know, with older guys. And I think that's the X factor. I, I think in this entire tournament, but once again, you got to get there and then see who, see who's next to you. Like there's no guarantee that they win. they yeah. their regional too.
1: Yeah. The Greenville regional, they got number two seed Charlotte who, who has played well all year. And then also a dangerous Maryland team. So this yeah. uh, college baseball, in particular, Willie, you never know uh, what can happen. Just like, just yeah. like March madness. Um, I do want to kind of go into.
0: Uh, that it's worth noting too, that. Yeah. East Carolina, I believe, swept Charlotte in the in the regular season, three straight games early in the season. Ah, so that a lot has transpired since then. But it is interesting that they put them in the same regional there.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting how a lot of these teams have been placed in the regional. I, I know, I'm sure you're aware of Tennessee and and kind of the the draw they got as the three national C. They got Wright State and uh, a dangerous Duke team who just won, um, you know, the ACC tournament. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, especially this year, to to see how a lot of these teams fare um, in this tournament. Because you know, you, you really never know. But for Vanderbilt Willie, that they're comfortable, they're going to be at the Hawk. Um, the question is, though, will Willie Donick be at the Hawk this weekend? That's what that's uh, that's what we all want to know, uh, because uh, obviously we'd love to get you back over there to West End.
0: Well, I have uh, I've been there a couple times this year, and I'm going to try to find a way. My son plays. Uh, travel ball so the weekends are very busy for, yeah. for him just started the, this past weekend but our tournament is in nashville this weekend so there you go you don't, you don't know when the schedule comes out but if there's any way for me to get over there i will absolutely get over so, there i haven't so too much. like a couple of years ago uh for example we were playing in chattanooga and uh-huh. i drove back for the Kamar Rocker no hitter, and I'm really wow. glad I did. So, so that was <laughs> uh, that was one I was able to catch.
1: How about that? Mid-100. Yeah, and this one's in Nashville, so it, it all lies on the shoulders of the young uh, D- Mister uh travel yeah. ball schedule. So, so we'll see. But Willie, I do have a couple more here um, on this team in particular. And yes, you talked about it. We all know this team is not as good as they were two years ago. And the 2019 team uh, could could prove to be the best you know college baseball team ever. Uh, which i think is up there for debate but um willie do you think they have enough to win it all a lot of people have said yes there have been doubts this team's 8 and 8 in their last 16 games they they've lost three out of the last four so um they're they're you know you could argue they're not playing their best baseball but Corbs has a way of 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 allowing these guys to to play their best baseball here in the postseason. so um do you, do you think they have what it takes to to win it all there in omaha uh,
0: i think they i think they have what it takes to get to omaha um winning the whole thing boy i'll tell you i now in omaha what's different is the games are spread out a little bit more right so you know if you can if you can get a couple of aces going in omaha you can ride those guys right if they yeah. if they rise to the occasion and that's a little like michigan did a couple of years ago remember they they took about three pitchers right. and they those those guys got them there they didn't have much depth now this is what concerns me. This is where a couple years ago, Vanderbilt was, was ironclad, right? They had the the second wave of pitchers they could go into that. Not a lot of teams could match. Yeah. This is where I think, you know, if they can take the path of it's just rocker and lighter and then, you know, everybody else is worn out and, and they can avoid getting into the losers bracket. You certainly like their chances. I do think though, as we talked about before, somebody is going to have to emerge that has, that has not to this mm-hmm. point, whether it's a, a Hugh Fisher, who's a little older, who's been there before. If, if it kicks in for him, we know he's got the arm, you know, a kid like Owen, the left-hander, you know, we yeah. mentioned Christian little uh, you know, maybe it's Riley. The, those guys they are going to have to get mileage out of those guys because mm-hmm. you start thinking about scenarios like this. And I, I saw it with uh, the team, 17, very first game. David Price pitches nine brilliant innings, but he's right. matched, you know, pitch for pitch, by another guy for for uh, Austin P that pitched in the big leagues for a long time, um, and it's one-one after nine innings, and they had to burn Casey Weathers for three innings before they won barely, you know, two-one. Yeah. So that that's the kind of thing that all of a sudden, you know, your Plan A going in, you can't do, you can't just rely on Plan A. You got to have Plan B, Plan C. So you think about that, like if if there's an extra inning game or if you let's say they Rockers pitch count gets up there and they've got to use a Murphy or they've got to use a Maldonado for two innings, two and a third in that first game. You see where I'm going, right? All of a sudden, somewhere in there, you've got to have that second level of pitching rise to the occasion. And as we've said before, they are talented enough to do it. And they've they've had their ups and downs during the season. But hopefully that experience is going to have them pitching their best. Yeah. at this time of the year but that's where this team is a little less experienced they're, they're a little thinner uh in terms of overall proven talent uh, and then we haven't talked about the lineup right this this lineup is we know is incredibly talented but they're also incredibly young but yes you know I, I i love watching them play i mean they're exciting they've got power um but we we haven't really seen them do it uh in in the regionals before so it's it's going to be exciting
1: it, it sure is. It's the best time of the year for college baseball and, and us being baseball nuts there's nothing better than, you know, turning the TV on and, and watching, you know, some competitive baseball. And for Vanderbilt, I mean, you know, you talked about the guy that needs to step up. If You're exactly right. The second wave of pitching, Vanderbilt has had guys like that step up before where they've had to rely on, on that seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy uh, to step in. And, boy, do they miss big Tyler Brown uh, right about now to, to kind of shut it down like Kevin Copps is uh, for Arkansas this year. So, Willie, really, it, it really is going to be interesting. Uh, we will keep up with this just like you are uh, cl- close to the vest. Uh, but, again, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely uh, have fun watching this just like you are. All right. I,
0: I can't wait. This is,
1: uh,
0: this is such a fun time of the year that you, you know, I, I try not to take for granted, right. I, yeah, I, I was, you know, years and years of Vanderbilt baseball, they never just getting, they never came close to a regional. There was less teams that made it mm-hmm. to the tournament. I, I played on some good Vanderbilt teams that might've been on the bubble, but the only 48 teams went right uh, back then. And now it's like, you're not even concerned whether they're going to make the tournament. And so we, I, I try yeah. hard not to take for granted. Right. But, uh, you know, every year is a little bit different, but this this will be exciting because, you know, you know, when they take that field, they're going to have a shot.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm sure the landscape looks a little bit different from when you played uh, the Hawk itself and, and just everything around oh, yeah. it. So. The
0: key word being landscape. The landscape is completely different. <laughs> There's no hill in the outfield. There's no barbed wire on the top of the fence. Uh, it was quite the, quite the atmosphere of the landscape before. There was not much landscaping.
1: wasn't (laughs) much land, and there still isn't uh, over there. (laughs) Uh, But, Willie, it's always great to catch up and uh, have a good rest of your week and enjoy the college baseball this weekend. All right. Can't wait. Well, that does it for Episode 87 of The Door Report. Huge thanks to today's special guest, Willie Donick, the Nashville Predators television play-by-play broadcaster there on Valley Sports. He's also an alum of Vanderbilt there on West End as a baseball and basketball athlete. For myself, Billy Derrick, and today's special guest, Willie Donick, you've been listening to episode 87 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.